jumping from a C-47. John Russell parachutes in today and talks to us about some tournaments, communities, and things to come. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of Trident Wargaming. I'm your host, Andy, and today we have a special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, John Russell. How's it going today? Oh, what an introduction. Thank you very much, Andy. I really appreciate that. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's great to be here. I've been thinking about this all week. It's been very, very excited to be on your podcast. And congratulations, number 19. That's that's fantastic. Good Thank stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We just started it up this year. So uh, lots of action happening and a lot of podcasts. And I am very, very happy and excited to have you here. And also to be I'm able glad to be here. Thanks for asking. No problem. Uh, I just, I love, I love doing these bolt action and warlord game podcasts. So, uh, so yeah, this one is going to be pretty fun. It's a little different from our, our other ones, but Hey, like I said, we got you here. We'll uh, have some fun with it. And, That's uh, right. Friday's spice of life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know what? Might as well just, uh, give us a little bit about yourself here. Tell us about yourself, uh, for guys that may not know you or what you do um so sure uh i I currently work at uh warlord games i'm the event commander or coordinator for north america uh before that i am originally from montana so i spent uh, a lot of time along the uh uh, the north uh, the the, uh uh, 60 miles from the canadian border and we used to spend (laughs) a lot of time up in uh, boy scouts and stuff up in alberta so I know the area pretty well. I was really excited to, to be able to chance to talk to and kind of get back to the roots kind of thing. Uh, I had my own store for a while there in Haver, Montana. And then I got the call to go to Great Falls and dad moved. My store was in the house, so he moved. So I moved uh, to Great Falls, ended up uh, working at a hobby store there, then joined the military. And 23 years later, I ended up in Oklahoma. But in that time, I had worked for Games Workshop and Forge World uh, about 10, 12 years. Uh, 10 years for Forge World, about 12 years for uh, Games Workshop. And I got to know uh, some of the guys that then went on to become Warlord Games. And I had retired in 08, and I worked a civil service job for almost nine years. And then they said, hey, look, John, we can't pay what you're getting there, but how about you come work for us, and we'll give you a couple extra incentives. And I said, well, I have to talk to my wife. And my wife looked at me like I had grown a third head and said, hey, <laughs> What are you talking about? This is your this is your dream job. What, what do you mean you have to think about it? Go, yes, do it. So now for uh, this is my fourth full time year, and I travel around North America and I uh, go to conventions and game stores and I get to uh, promote Warlord Games. Uh, the first year, I think I traveled to about twenty events and did about I think it was forty. 2,000 miles, and then the second year, I hit my stride and hit about 30-something plus, 36 maybe, and did 62,000 miles, so it was just over 114,000, I think, in the first two years, and then COVID came, Uh curtain came down, and did eight events in about 15,000 miles, so uh, the curtain's coming back up on the stage. Uh, We did do our convention here in Oklahoma last year, but we had pretty stringent effects, and and, uh, 
we uh, uh we had about 100 120 people show up but we checked everybody and we spaced the tables and there was hand sanitizer in the bag and we had everybody's contact information from two years out and then I mean, two weeks out and four weeks out, and we were had no COVID spread, and nobody got COVID, so we were pretty excited about that. And now it's uh, 2021, and I've gone to, I think, one, two, three events now, I think, or four events, and uh, looking forward to do about seven more before the year's out and getting back to England. That's what I miss the most is I go back three or four times a year just to get in touch and see things and peek behind their curtain. Nice. So yeah, so it's a, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I've got a chance to really meet a lot of great gamers and, and fantastic painters, and, and been very very humbled and privileged to and honored to to be re- representing Warlord and doing this, and and uh, it's good to be back on the convention circuit. Oh, that's me. I've written a little bit for the rules. I mean, I'm no Alessio or Andy Chambers, but uh, I did a little bit of bolt action, and then. Myself and Steve Smith wrote the Korea book, so that's my pride and joy. So I'll, I'll talk to Korea all day, but you know, we're not <laughs> that weird for both action. But um, I've been to Canada twice, twice already in 2019. I want to get up there more. Uh, we're starting to move down into Mexico a little bit. Warlord Games is currently being sold in 82 countries, and we just finished manufacturing 13.5 million troops uh, figures for Epic uh, ACW. So. We're really starting to catch our stride again. We're playing a lot of catch-up because uh, of COVID and then moving and then shipping and all the things. So we're trying to get to as much stuff as we can. But there's a lot of good bolt goodness, bolt action goodness coming out this year that's going to knock some people's socks off. That I can talk a little bit about, but not all of it. <laughs> oh, no doubt. The, uh, there's a teaser. <laughs> the teaser. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, the release. One of many, I hope. No doubt. <laughs> uh, lots of the uh, releases that, that Warlord Games have been releasing all across their games, uh, like, just blow my mind away sometimes, you know? Uh, it's like every week there's something new mm. coming out. Thank you. You know? And uh, I've, I've actually only been into bolt action myself for, I'm going to say it's about three years now. And... It's mm-hmm. funny. It's funny because I had an old friend of mine who actually introduced me to World War Games a while back. Like I'm talking of quite a few more years <laughs> back, and I just I never checked. Yeah, we've it been out. around for 13 years now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I just never checked it out, and then all of a sudden, at the game shop, there it is. Somebody's playing it, and I just Surprise. fell in love with it. Completely fell in love with it, and I got to say, it's it's quite different. It's an amazing game. Uh, the mechanics are, are just awesome and the amount of people that new people that I've met and become friends with is is insane and it, it's it's such a good feeling you know so well thank you Andy and it, it, it is a good game we had some good people who helped us get it that way um, I'm I'm always impressed with every single tournament I've ever ran in the last five six years uh, I could probably count on one hand and have fingers left over the amount of trouble I've had with players playing bolt action compared to other games <laughs> that I've ran. And it is, everybody's there to have fun. It's a cinematic effect when you play. It's almost like watching a movie. Uh, and and you're gripped from the first uh, first impulse or the first dice pull, not like some other games where it's a you go, my go. 
which isn't a bad system. Please don't get that wrong. But uh, you know, okay, you're gonna move your move. I'll come back in 45 minutes after you tabled me. But it's just uh, you have to stay there because you never know when your turn's coming. Yeah. And it and so many games I've played or watched are determined by the last couple dice pulls and dice throws. That it's just that's why we're here to play. And there's nothing like a good table with good miniatures and great terrain. And that's just that draws me in every time. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We had a um, we had an event that happened a few years back, and we called it the Spring Fling. Um, and uh, mm. the guys that I had uh, who actually started up this this event, the tables that they brought, that they they made themselves, the tables they brought. Mm-hmm. I think everybody in that tournament, because there was other games being played, everybody in that tournament looked over and said, you know. And I, and I heard it from a few guys. I want to play on that. <laughs> I want to play on that table. It looks like it's telling a story, right? Yep. And it yep. just, it draws people in. And I'm just like, yeah, I can see that Sherman creeping around <clears> that <throat> corner, ready to hit some of those Germans, you know? And it's, yeah. it's just, it's ama- yeah. it's an amazing, amazing game. And uh, the amount of skill people have with their, their miniatures and the terrain. I just love it. Like I'm into like, I can agree with you, Andy. Go ahead. No, I was just I'm into like a gazillion games myself, but when it comes to oh, ter- yeah. when it comes to terrain, I'm just blown away. Just blown away, you know. So. Well, the, the 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 biggest show I've ever seen uh was a couple years back and it was a regular event but hasn't been for a while. Hope maybe it'll come back. We'll see, but it was uh uh Cambridge too far. Uh and uh it was in Cambridge and you would show it was a one-day event, typical of a lot of events in the UK. It's just one day. The, the game shows are one day, or the conventions are one day. Rarely is it a two-day event. Um, and Cambridge is too far. You'd show up with your bolt-action army, about 1,000 points, 1250. 12, mm-hmm. And the tables would be set at 8 o'clock in the morning. And at 7 p.m., there was a guy sweeping the gymnasium floor. After 54 tables had been played on, 108 players, 54 tables, and all of them were different, Andy. None of them were the same. All of them had details varying from the, you know, uh, a desert to a, a, a Gustav cannon on a rail to a submarine pen to jungles to cities. Everything was different. It was just something to behold to walk through. And you'd play three rounds and you were done. It was amazing. It was a great, great fun to go play. I mean, I watched it one time, then I played it the second year, and it was just phenomenal to behold. Um, and then, of course, wow. there's Adepticon, you know, around March time, and th- those are fun tables as well. So, I mean, yeah, it is It is so much fun to look at these tables and just get blown away by the uh, artistry that they are. You, you, you telling that story just gave me goosebumps. I, I'm just imagining that place. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was I think a high school gymnasium in Cambridge, and it was just chock full of players, and you had three rounds and done. That is awesome. That is truly awesome. That I would great. love I would love to experience that one day. Oh, definitely. So, so at uh, I think we have forty or fifty players at Adepticon. So I mean, it's it's still, and then there's a what was that one? Uh, there's one Mo History. Mo History got close down in Missouri. Okay, I think they okay. had seventy or eighty, but. We'll get there. We'll I get know. there, Andy. <laughs> I, th- I think the most I got maybe is twelve, but 
it's still pretty good. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But, I think we um, had 42 here two years ago at uh, Twisted Lords. Nice. Um, but yeah. But we... Uh, we'll get there. I, I know I, I've been to... Unfortunately, I haven't been able to play in, in the Bolt Action event tournament. But at LVO, uh, the last couple of years I was mm-hmm. at, I'd, yeah. always, I'd always come around and sneak sneak by to check out the games and, and to see uh, see the terrain and everything. So um, since we're on like the tournament yep. topic, like how how are sure. the tournaments like what are the tournaments like for like new players kind of getting into the scene um you know is it that's more, a good question Eddie. is it more narrative is it more you know um podium kind of because i know bolt action is a bit different right like it's it's all about that story mm-hmm. in my opinion but what mm-hmm. uh what have you experienced well that's that? your question yes yes it's all that um a while back, uh, a couple years ago, myself and Paul Walker, the Bolt Action Ambassador, as we call him, <laughs> I, sure, I made sure of that, um, but uh, he and I kind of started to try, we started working together, trying to get some kind of standardization to the Bolt Action scene. Okay. And, and when I say standardization, I don't mean Warlord's putting their foot down and you will be an out shalt. It, no, it's just people like to walk into a tournament and know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be surprised. They want to know what they're walking into. And it's different in Europe than it is in the North American continent. Uh, in a, a, a couple games over in, in Europe, and, and neither one of them are wrong or right, okay? Um, it, it's how they play. Uh, the guys in, in Europe will sometimes get the scenarios before the show, whereas that never happens as far as I know. Well, it might, but I've never seen it in North America. Uh, you show up on the day and at the time of the tournament turn or uh, round, that's when you get the scenario. So but my, myself and Paul Walker kind of started putting some, laying some ground uh, work down and we, we, we were just getting ready to launch a lot of this in uh, last year about this time. When, uh, you know, August and September, we were getting everything lined up and then COVID hit. And so we had to kind of like re- reassess. Uh, but what we're, what, we're, what we're thinking of, at least in North America, is we have a tournament circuit, let's call it. Okay. okay. Yeah. And North America has been divided up into 10 sectors or uh, let's call them uh, zones or sectors. Okay. Uh, uh, zones would probably be a good one. And uh, the front line is fluid. So these zones could change. And these zones are made up of, in there's eight in the United States and there's two in Canada. And uh, we, we've basically, you know, drawn a map in about six to seven states or seven, six to seven territories or providences, depending upon what part of Canada you're in, <laughs> um, will make up that zone. But... We have reserved the right to change those zones a little bit because of attendance or the player's ability or the player's wants. So it's the front line is fluid. So these zones are fluid. So they'll change every year or so if the people want it. And what you'll find in these zones is you'll have a tournament circuit that will accumulate into a regional event. And then those regionals will send their players uh, 10 uh, okay, from each event. Uh, no, six. Six six from each of the ten. So we have, at the end, we'll have 60 players show up for the national tournament. And right now, well, it used to be scheduled in Adepticon, 
but of course that's been gone this last year and this year so if we get one off the ground this year it might be late september and we'll figure it out but and you'll have an invitation to come you still have to get there physically yourself but but you'll have a free ticket to get into the uh that tournament uh, you still have to pay to get into the convention like for example at adepticon you have to pay to get into adepticon but then you would have a free ticket to get in to the right. national event. and we've also went further and we subdivided these events three different ways um, the, the play style the play type and then the level or size for example there's bronze silver and gold and that, that just means a bronze event, there's 10 people, a silver event's 24, and gold is 24 or more, okay? So uh, so you know how many people are going to show there just by the color of that. And then there's narrative or competitive, so you know it's either going to be a, a narrative campaign, which each of the scenarios will be linked or something, or the armies will be linked, or, you know, you'll be told to bring in an, uh, an Axis and an Allied army so you can play either side. Oh. So there's a narrative event, and there's a competitive event. And then there's... The skill level, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, expert, uh, moderate, or beginner. So at a glance, when you see bronze, beginner, narrative, you know that there's going to be about 10 people. They're all beginners. Nobody's going to be harping on you. Everybody's going to be asking rules. And it's a narrative campaign. So at a glance, you'll know exactly what kind of campaign you're getting into. Hmm. That's, uh, that's an interesting way of going about it. Definitely. Well, and it's just it's the way that people... And we're not trying to tell people how to play the game. This is just a suggested standardization. If you want to, we, we don't want to ever stop anybody playing in their garage. But on the other hand, we don't want five guys meeting together in my garage, then your garage, and his garage on the weekends, and spinning up the the point, you know, points in the in the uh, tournament tree, and then you end up becoming the Alberta champion because you played in five garages. You know, uh, yeah. it's got to be at least ten people for it to be. Uh, uh, and we don't say the word sanction. We support it. Warlord supports these events. Uh, we, we always support any event we can, but if we have uh, tournament packets that we've manufactured, but they're starting to disappear because everybody's asking for them, but we had uh, two different types. Uh, one, uh, they, they all have the same content for bolt action. They have their certificates, you know, first place, second place, third place, wooden spoon, best painted, best sportsman, best themed, stuff like that, best team. And then we'll have uh, the 2020 challenge coins for the Blitzkrieg season because it was the first season, but they're 2020 coins, so they're really a collector's act now. But um, you'll have a bronze coin, a silver coin, and a, and a gold coin. And then we had 12 dice broken into four sets, you know, three in each dice, of the silver order dice, that special silver order dice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, no gold dice. Those are at the gold events. So that's another reason to go to the gold events. <laughs> um, but uh, in addition to that, there was also two inflatable 17-pound shells from uh, the British Tank Museum as, you know, extra gifts or, uh, you know, wooden spoon Swag. gift or yeah. something like that. And then... The difference between a convention pack and a store pack is that there was in the convention pack an envelope with 10 10 pound sterling vouchers with a code on there that you get 10 pounds off your next order of Warlord. Now, it's not in the store packs because we don't want to 
we don't want people going to a store and the store putting out all the train, putting out all their time, energy, and effort, and then them going home and ordering something and not buying it in the store. So that's not the way that works. The the store gets an incentive to get these packets by getting an extra box of miniatures or an extra starter army that they can use for their prize support. So uh, it's been received pretty well. We, we've gotten a lot of people like it. We had a lot of help from people uh, around the world. We had the, the infamous juggernauts helped us do ah, some yes. of the uh, uh, choice. And of course, the guys from Snafu helped us out. And what they helped us out with is, is Andy, there's four documents that go along with this. And these are living, breathing documents so they can change with players' input. And we're going to post them on a organized play or uh, community website. It's being worked. It was being worked. It was getting almost finished then in COVID. And, you know, there you go. But and you'll see on that website, there's a place that, you know, find players, find stores, and then find events, you know, uh, Europe and North America. Okay. And you'll see this weekend, Gathering of Eagles down in New Orleans. It's a blood, it's mostly a Blood Red Skies event, but you know, hey, World War is going to be there. So, in addition to that, there was a tab at the top. There will be a tab at the top that has the link to our four documents. Now, these are locked documents. You can download them and print them out or whatever. But uh, we don't want people going in there and changing them until we all decide to change them. Uh, and these documents consist of, for bolt action, uh, there is a scenario pack for your tournament organizers that has a minimum right now of 12 but we're looking at maybe 20 generic type scenarios that if the tournament organizer or the TO gets into a pinch it's going to come up with something here's 12 soon to be 20 ready made ready to go scenarios that work in a tournament format we all know that there's 12 in the rule book but not all 12 work real good in the tournament <laughs> very true so we have we have modified them. We've standardized them so that can I do uh, flank? Yes or no. Can I do uh, preparatory bombardment? Yes or no. So there's a lot of questions right up front. Then there's the scenario. Then there's a map, usually. So these are standardized scenarios. 20 of them, well, 12. There will, will be 20. we got 12 right now that everybody can use if they need to. We're not saying have to if you need to. Uh, some okay. of these guys out there, especially that you know, the Snafu crew comes up with some crazy cool ones. And there was that group out of Australia, you know, the, the Ghost. Um, those guys came up with some really good packs every year. So uh, those are there. That's one document. Then the next document is the player's handbook. What we expect and what you can expect at an event. You know, what you shall not do. Like, you know, okay, don't yep, wear yep. orange. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's yeah, like a play, player, nice like players, a player's you know, pack. Trying to player's bring painted pack, yeah. army, stuff like that. And then there's a, yeah, and then there's and then there's a tournament organizers pack, and that explains what an event organizer is. What is a tournament organizer? What is a helper? What is an aide? What is a judge? What they can and can't do. So that's just, and again, this is not a thou shalt. This is a hey, here's an idea, okay, just hmm. to give some people some standardization to know what's going on. And the fourth packet, Andy, is the, uh, uh, this is an E-rated, right? Yeah. Uh, E-rated uh, podcast? Okay. Everyone. It, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the fourth, the fourth one is the, how to kick people out of your tournament, but it's the TO, uh, it's the TO's uh, helper packer. I can't remember what Paul calls it. It's the, what is in there is rules and regulations on how to adjudicate for example you know if you're caught pre-measuring wrong you know yellow card 
if you're caught cheating, red card. You know, so it's it's everybody reads it, everybody knows it, so people can't say, well, I didn't know, I didn't understand. No, it's all right there in black and white. You can't do this, you're out of the tournament. Yeah. And it's just to help the TO uh, to uh, adjudicate his game. Now, will we have to touch it? I hope not. I really haven't had to touch it in, like I said, the last four or five years of doing these tournaments. But it's there. And everybody knows it's there. It's a big old gorilla in the corner that, <laughs> hey, look, dude, <laughs> yellow card right there. You know, so, so that's what those four documents will do. And as we do the seasons and as we go through these uh, con circuit seasons, we'll adjust and there'll be a panel that says, you know, put it to the panel of judges and, and uh, we discuss it with several people and then we come to a consensus and we go yay or nay. So that's why they're living documents. That's that's, that's actually, the whole idea of, of these four things. That just kind of blew my mind just now. <laughs> Everything you just said, like speechless. That that is that is amazing because um, us here at Trident Wargaming, myself and Bill, uh, are my co-host there. We we plan on doing uh, tournaments and events in the future. We have done some in the past through another banner, but uh, just to have that kind of support from you know Warlord Games for 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 doing bolt action like and and other games that is because mm -hmm. you know victory at sea all that stuff um that is quite the tool oh yeah it's just it's just to help and, and this is just you know we've got bolt action blood red skies is just about finished and we're working with the elite pursuit guys and they're finishing that one up and then you know k47 gates mm -hmm. of Antares, epic uh acw uh victory at sea cruel seas uh, I think I think after Blood Red Skies and K47, it might be a cruel seas. Uh, but the the same thing happens, and and uh, we've got an email address that you can send to let us know about your event. Now, you know, in a perfect world, we'd like that to be 90 days out. But in a perfect world, not everybody has 90 days. But and you know, if you know your event's coming up in 90 days, you send us an email to tournaments. That's tournament with an S. Tournaments at warlordgames.com tournaments at warlordgames.com and myself and Paul get an email that says hey go read your box so we go read that and we can start trying to coordinate it we contact you know give us your name your phone number what event where it's going to be how, what you're thinking of how big it's going to be and we can start coordinating with getting some prize support getting these documents to you and we can help you make your event better well that's awesome That that's really really awesome of you guys to do that um, I know us here when we're doing events or ever in tournaments, it's kind of just all us, you know, us on our own. Um, but to have that kind of resource to fall, you know, mm -hmm. fall back on and, and have assist with and, and bouncing ideas and stuff off you guys too, you know, that's, that's super awesome. I'm quite, quite happy to hear that. I know myself, I'm just kind of starting to get into that, you know, holding events so uh, I'm definitely definitely going to be doing some research mm -hmm. in that stuff when it all comes out, and no, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, and and, and no, I say Andy, you know, you can always send myself or Paul Walker, you know, John J O N dot R U S S E L L, or Paul Walker W A L K E R at WarlordGames dot com. You can send us emails, and we can certainly help you out to take care of that, or you know, 
drop me a like you did, drop me a ping on my phone, it's four oh six five five seven nine seven seven zero four. And um, that's what it's there for. And we can try to help you out. That's part of my job. I mean, it's a tough job, Andy, but somebody's gotta do it, you know, go around North America and take care of tournaments. <laughs> Well, I I really appreciate what you guys do. So, thanks, thank you again. <laughs> and I'm uh, I know a lot of the guys here in the community too are are just pleased with with what you guys have done and and brought to the you know wargaming table and communities, right? So, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's, really, do. Uh, it's just a hell lot of a fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So, so yeah, so like. <laughs> so going like going forward with like the events and I know we covered a whole bunch here and whatnot. So one of the questions I, I got is out of all the events and whatnot you've done and, and, and stuff, what would you say is like some of the best advice you would give to, to a newbie coming into a grand tournament or, or circuit? Like, you know, how, how do you prepare for that? Well, you can. The, the biggest advice, I think, uh, well, it's twofold. There, there's two things I'd always tell a new player. A, do not be afraid to ask questions because everybody's there to have fun. Unlike some other games that, that, that we've all been to or associated with, the bolt action players are not there to cut your heart out. So they started out just like you. They love to share their hobby. They're passionate about their hobby and they want to talk about their hobby so do not be afraid to ask questions you know and, and remember it's a game have fun so it, it's a twofold a, a twofold suggestion to new players find something you know that you're very passionate about and you're going to have fun with and ask questions do not be afraid of asking questions because people are going to say, oh yeah i know how to do that shade and here's how you do this and here's a wash you might want to try or Here's a technique I learned to, to make sure that mini machine guns work for me. A lot of people don't like mini machine guns, but if you use them correctly, they're devastating. So, I mean, I, I don't mean correctly. I mean, if you, there's ways to use them <laughs> that you can deny boards or deny areas like they were designed for. But do they need to be tweaked? Yeah. And maybe someday, whenever version 3 comes around, we'll maybe fix that. But uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to try anything. Try craziness. Try... Try silly, try fun, and and just have fun, because at the end of the tournament somewhere you're going to end up in some place drinking the cold adult beverages, and you're going to be talking about oh and I rolled that dice and this to here and that medic shot three guys, you know, or or my tank came around the corner and the shell, you know. So <laughs> we've all got those stories because it's a game. We're rolling dice, we're having fun, and you're going to have some stories at the end of your first tournament. Oh, for sure. For sure, there's been some great memorable moments with this game. So just at the local club, you know, at at an event, you know, I <laughs> still still remember still remember in, in mm -hmm. my early gaming, I landed a nice, well placed shot on top of a turret with a heavy mortar, and it was the last last round of the game. Had to tie it up somehow and took out the tank, and I had a crowd around me cheering. So. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, good, good memory. That's mm -hmm. so many games have gone down to the last pull, the that last pull or that last dice. There were so many bolt action games 
are decided by that last dice. And it is amazing, which means it's a great game. I mean, it's just never give up, never surrender kind of thing. But I mean, it's just uh, you'd be surprised how many games that last yeah, dice. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's I, always, and it, it's amazing how the game changes, though. Like, it's not always just kind of one-sided. You know what I mean? Especially with the the way the order dice come out, and that's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's fluid. I'm I'm so excited to to mm-hmm. when we get back to gaming to be able to show my co-host Bill uh, the game because he has now gotten interest in it and he bought himself a U.S. Army and then we have a couple other guys who are just jumping into. So once oh. once we start to get roll dice again, I'm just I'm gonna have a heyday teaching these guys and and you know having the little training sessions with them and, and stuff so <laughs> lots of fun to be had um so. well everybody loves that yeah everybody loves that dice pool and and i've even seen people and heard of people telling me that they're starting to use that in their 40k games and holy macro is that a game changer mm-hmm. for that game instead of you know waiting for your turn after two hours of the guy moving everything and you know it's it would speed up the game or make it more of a nail biter. That's for sure. Yeah, quite quite a different system, but uh, it, it's interesting when you start implementing little different things from other different systems. So, I know we've I know we even mentioned that too, uh, myself and Bill with, with mm-hmm. uh, Horace Heresy in thirty k or forty k about ah oh, we should try this or try that, you know. But um, so yeah, so so good, real good advice for new players like. Especially what John said there is just don't be afraid, um, you know, ask questions, all that stuff. And it's great to hear that because you don't really, you know, you don't really hear that too often. Just, oh yeah, it's a tournament. Just do your best, you know, go, go in, have fun, do your best. But definitely, uh, yeah. Play your passion. Exactly. Play your passion. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so at these, like at the tournaments and whatnot are they do they have kind of like um i guess to be kind of like event days where they have just more than gaming like is there like painting sessions is there um like panels or anything like does warlord have their own kind of games day kind of setting yes in fact it's the 28th it's the 28th of, of august um this year uh two years ago or was it last year I think it might have been no, it was last year. Um, uh, our Warlord uh, Warlord Open Day or Warlord Games Day was on the same day as our Twisted Lords. So we did some things in conjunction. We'd have panels, uh, and we would have uh, a projector in a room, and you could go in there. You could talk to John Stollard or Paul Sawyer's or Andy Chambers or nice. you know, Rick Priestley, and they'd be there, and they'd, they'd have panels and seminars. They do have that in England. Uh, we don't have it as much as we should over here, but there's a, and depending upon the convention, you might have a lot of it. Like for example, you know, the Mac daddy of the independent tournament uh, convention is Adepticon, of course, in the, in the United States. Adepticon is the, the biggest, uh, independent convention. They pull in several thousand people over a four day event and a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of gaming going on, a lot of stores, a lot of game fronts. 
you know, Warlord's there. Uh, Victoria Lamb from uh, Australia flies in, and she's there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you know run into Dave Taylor. Uh, you know, Forrest Harris from Knuckle Duster comes in there. You know, all the guys from uh, uh, um, Battlefront. I mean, John Matthews is there. <laughs> the CEO is there. I mean, Ronnie Rent, Romantic shows up. I mean, you know, Andy Chambers has been there. And it's just, and then you've got James and Kathy Wapple at the Wapple Castle. And, and they are phenomenal painters. And they're there 24-7, basically, underneath the escalators. They've got this 24-foot-long, two-foot-wide table of nothing but painters. And it's always open. You come in here and sit down and paint a while in your mouths, and they'll help you, talk to you, and then you go on and do your thing. So, And then, of course, Ken from uh, Badger Airbrush is there, and, you know, uh, Scale 75 guys are there, and it's just, you know, uh, Reaper is there. It's just a massive convention, and it is so much fun. And they have a lot of things going on. Whereas a, a event like uh, one of my favorites is recruits that's up in Lee Summit, uh, Missouri, in a high school gymnasium. And it was started 15, 16 years ago by the historical or history department because they wanted to raise some money for their debate team or something like that. And this guy, Daryl, got it together and said with some friends. And now they've got this huge thing called recruits. And it's in the gymnasium. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It depends upon the football season. And uh, 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 Sunday, the the superintendent principal of the school comes school comes by and talks to you and says hey thanks for coming and there's some great tournaments and events there so it's it's a real low-keyed kind of mom and pop kind of thing and then you've got uh, twisted lords is a big event here in oklahoma city we have we combined it with there was a warlord games convention and then there was a twisted twister con convention uh in in march then ours was in may and it worked out for all of us that we decided just to combine it and we called it the twisted lords and uh uh, it's have painters come in. We have uh, it's not just Warlord for a while. Warlord GamesCon was just Warlord Games, but now we've expanded to everybody, and we have so much fun. We have uh, this year we have three tournaments: uh, Bolt Action, Blood Red Skies, and Blood Bowl. We might even have a Conquest tournament. We'll see. Uh, and then we've got uh, some uh, painters show up. Uh, Lynn Stahl has come in, and Mary Prophet, and and. Uh, 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 Rang would show. Um, oh man, I'm sorry, I forgot his first name already. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, um, and he's a great uh, 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 model master, and Mary's a phenomenal painter. And uh, we've got a guy named Mike Gomez that comes up from Texas, and he does a 28 millimeter Circus Maximus game, which is chariot racing. And it's just, oh my god, that's a riot! But it's so we have a little bit of everything there, so it, it really depends upon the convention uh, itself. Uh, and you can find out what they're doing. Like uh, we just came from Little Wars up there in Chicago and there was all kinds of stuff going on in that one. DICON will be in two weeks at uh, uh, Collinsville, Illinois. And then, you know, there's, and no, I should stay on topic for Canada, I guess, Andy. Uh, there's There's been some stuff around Niagara Falls and Toronto and then there's been some guys on the East Coast talking to the guys on the West Coast and trying to do some dual cons at the same time, but in different locations. Um, you have the problem of space like we have in the States compared to what they have in Europe where everybody's 
you can go from one tip to the other in six hours, you know, of, of the from the northern tip to the southern tip of England, like seven, eight hours. And you can't get across Canada in two days. You yeah. Know? So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, and, and we have a logistics problem when it comes to population in, in the area. So it's, yes, and I'm sorry, this is a long answer to a short That's question. All good. But yeah, we do have a game state. Yeah, there is some specialties, and the your convention is out there somewhere. You just got to look around, uh, Google it, go on to Tabletop Events. Uh, tabletop Events by uh, Board Game Geek is a really cool thing that you can type in your location or type in the dates that you're interested in, see all the conventions that are on that weekend or in your area, if they've registered with Tabletop Events. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that in the future we can... Uh definitely get some kind of events out here in western canada as well um i know oh i'd love to come i know up. we're trying you yeah. know we're trying we're yeah i'd love to come up <laughs> we'd love to have you <laughs> um i know we would, <laughs> we would we're just we're just kind of fledgling right now but we're trying to trying to build up something here uh in edmonton so hopefully in the future we we can have stuff going on uh, i know we probably plan on going to uh, to LVO or something like that, maybe even Chicago for events in the future as well. Myself and Bill, and probably LVO is amazing. Yeah, LVO was uh, quite quite yeah. the eye opener for me. Yeah, if you're a 40k gamer, yeah, yeah, 940 k players, come on, right? I mean, holy crap, that was just amazing. And then we had like when you walk into that hall, <laughs> yeah. I know the hall just for 40k. Yeah, it's just nuts. Uh, Adepticon isn't that big, but it's kind of like that. But uh, LVO is is a great event. You know, it's there in Las Vegas. The venue is nice, but it might be moving because they're outgrowing that, which is a surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had I think 30 players for Bolt Action, and we're just getting bigger and bigger. And uh, it, it, it LVO is a great time, and it's right at the beginning of the year. Uh, there's another event up there. I mean, it's near you, but it's not near you. Uh, you know, Denver, Colorado's got a great one. It's called Genghis Khan. The people that run that one are phenomenal. Uh, I love them to death, and it's a good little convention. Uh, I saw, two years ago, I saw Luzaki there. Holy crap, I thought he was dead. But uh, <laughs> it, it was Luzaki and, and the, the, the grandfather of the hunter side of dice, and, and uh, he was, it was good to see him. Uh, but it's that's a good event up there. I think there's one in Missoula, up in Montana, that I want to get up to. Vancouver's always got a good one, of course. And uh, but I, but I would love to help Andy, you guys, to get something going in Edmonton. It's a beautiful city. It's a great time. I've spent some time up there. Like I said, we go up to Medicine Hat or Calgary a lot too, because that's where we <laughs> went, Montana. Um, but I would love to get up and and help you guys. No, for do sure. Do whatever we need to do to get more people to come. Yeah, I, I, I see the, the Bolt Action community growing here in Edmonton. Uh, I know when I started here, there was only about four of us playing. And then that same year, around probably a week before Christmas, I had the shop full of about 16 to 18 players that we were playing at, right? And uh, <laughs> it, it was like I Fantastic. actually I actually sat out so guys could play. So um, it, it was just awesome floating around, you know, the tables and watching the, the games, uh, you know, turn out and the events and the games happen kind of thing. 
but uh like yeah for events here and whatnot the 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 guys who have done events have been great the local support has been spectacular i know um uh, shout out to emiliano as well he's always sending me something to to give out to the kitties you know <laughs> to get them to come out and and check out tournaments and play games and and the spark and i said isn't that something of the spark of your passion and, and, and bill and you guys passion has ignited that now You've gone from four people to 18 people in in short, short time. And it's because when you show people that you love a game and you're interested in the game and it's not going to go away and you get some great models and some great terrain and and that passion behind it and driving it and it just, it won't go away, it won't die and you just got to give it a place to play. And it sounds like you guys got a beautiful place to play and it's just going to feed it itself. And it becomes, like I say, that self-licking ice cream cone that it'll just drive itself, make people want to do more things, and then that makes people want to go play more and do more, and and it's just it's a great thing. It's and it's a great thing that you, uh, congratulations, you guys did that. That's fantastic. Thanks, John. That's that's uh, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. It's uh, it's always great to uh, feel feel that from the community and the players, mm-hmm. and you know other uh event organizers and whatnot just appreciation right because i know i know like with the first big event that i got those guys to do uh, that helped me out um i had them both here on my last episode jason and dusty mm-hmm. uh they you know had such a good time doing it and all the other players had a good time i hyped it up you know i, I had uh, literally door prizes for everybody um that was you know uh pretty much given by uh, warlord games to support the, the event but then on top of it too i ended up giving back to the community and i bought bought the uh british eighth army box set mm. starter set and you know didn't matter if you were didn't matter if you were in first place or if you were at the bottom of the barrel everybody had a <laughs> chance to win it everybody had a draw in it and you know one lucky guy took it home right mm-hmm. so um I think with with that kind of mindset in any game, any tabletop game, I, I think that's where it needs to be, mm-hmm. you know. And it, like you said, if you have that the love and you have that hype going mm-hmm. on with the game, people just start start to flock to it. You know. Let me I mean? tell you a story about a, a event. Uh, it's called CarniCon, and and it's uh, it's down in Texas. And it's written. It's written. It's done by a guy. Uh, his name's Phil, uh, and uh, uh, he he started out. It, it was a um, way to get start. Uh, guy's name is, is Phil. Wanted to help out the local food bank. Okay, and what he did is he organized this event. And if you brought a can or two cans, I think up to three cans for the food bank, you get three points in the tournament that you could use like a, maybe a reroll or a plus one or something like that. And you would go in there to be 16 to 30 players and you had this event. But then at lunch, his mom and dad cooked brisket and bratwursts oh. and beans. And there was a barbecue for lunch on Saturday and Sunday was like a box lunch. So they fed you 
and you fed the community. And Phil's been doing this for, for several years. And uh, uh, they didn't do it, unfortunately, last year. And it's one of those events I look forward to. My mouth waters when I think about Carnegie Con. Because um, <laughs> uh, it has phenomenal tables. Black Sight Studio shows up there. They do some phenomenal terrain. And they, they dedicate a board for for bolt action. And, uh, and and all this is going on. And Phil was so passionate and was helping so much that we all decided we want to do something for Phil. And it was uh, it was known that Phil wanted to play French, but he just didn't have time to paint the army, you know. So what we all did, uh, organizers, about eight or nine of us, maybe ten of us, we all painted units for a French army. And uh, in 2019, uh, during his little chat, he was, he always gives a little talk, you know, in the middle of it or something like that. And we said, okay, Phil, stop right there. We got something for you. And we brought this French army out for him, a thousand points, painted, ready to play. And he just teared up. And it was because of his passion that he he, had, he wanted to give back to the community in his physical community and the gaming community. And he came up with this great idea that we had to do something to help him. And it was it's just something that just it's phenomenal. It gives you goosebumps when you think about it. And uh, it's fun. That's, oh man, that is awesome. That is that is so awesome. <laughs> I, I, we gotta see more of that, you know, in in the way times yeah. are and and the gaming communities. You know, sometimes they can get a little weary, but when you hear about this and experience it, mm-hmm. it just yeah, like you said, goosebumps. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's a great feeling, and it's great to be around it, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. I love going to Carnicon. Hopefully it comes yeah. back. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned French because I have one of those armies too. That's just and... one of the many stories. <laughs> <laughs> I was beautifully painted. And it was so cool that it wasn't, you know, a lot of people ask about how do I, the, the, the joke, much like how do I paint Prussian blue, is, you know, is how do I paint German gray? And, it, you know, we've all seen that picture. There's 40 different uniforms. It, there is no set standard of German gray. And uh, this French army that we created for Phil had different styles in there. I mean, we had a basic this color, this color, this color, but the, the different styles made it a truly unique and one-of-a-kind French army. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to see if there's any pictures out of that. Maybe send some pictures out my way and check it out. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so, yep. It was good. It's a good time. And that's but, what makes this uh, game fun. That's what makes this my job fun, you know, to being able to do oh, that. Oh, man, your job. Yeah. Dream dream job, right? It's, <laughs> would love that. Yeah, exactly. That'd, that'd it's awesome. sometimes you I I just I, I got to pinch myself. I'm like, man, this is just this is such a great it's a great time to be running around and I really appreciate John Martin and Chris Bostock and Paul Sawyer trusting me to be their guy in North America. And it's a uh, it's a lot of fun to do that. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so uh, just a little bit of the last part uh, for our episode here. Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit to... Sure. Uh, so the releases for this year and what's upcoming. <laughs> okay. There's there's a lot. There's been yes. a lot. There's been a lot, right? You know, a um, lot coming out, like mm-hmm. the plastic jag tiger that came out blew my mind <laughs> like right out of left field where did that come from yep. yeah and then all the 
Yep, yep, yep. And then the the, the four boxes of uh, Russian stuff, you know, the new assault engineers, the NGATE KVD, the Airborne. Yep. And then, of course, the support box. I love them, the support boxes, you know, medium machine gun, medium mortar, medic, and then the commander or whatever. Brilliant. Yeah, great uh, cost savings there. That's actually, well, so, okay, the starter sets are like my go-to, right? They are quite Oh, yeah, the, 125, quite, 145 bucks US, you know. Quite but, the same. Yeah, boom. A thousand points done and and that's what i've told like i've told a lot of guys that like you know if you're starting up get those box sets because there's so much you can do with it right um mm-hmm. but it's it's mm-hmm. awesome with these oh, yeah. new, new sets yeah, and we brought back the yeah go ahead no keep going oh i was just saying with these new sets coming out and like um some of them are going into plastic sets which is is pretty nice to see i know a lot of guys here are mm-hmm. Um, love the plastic box sets and whatnot, and then the new, of course, you know, um, Island Assault starter set that's coming out. Island Assault, yes, <laughs> that's uh... yes with the Marines, and it's and and the other one isn't going away. Bander Brothers isn't going away. We're just going to have two starter sets. One's going to be Western, and, you know, Pacific, and one's European. And that starter assault, and then Island Assault will have the you know the Japanese and the Marines, and it's going to have some really cool little bunkers and and uh, some spider hole kind of stuff going on there and then there's also the uh, uh it has two armored vehicles yeah okay it's a half track but still it's in a chiha you know but if a guy mm-hmm. with the right pistol can put it through the chiha but um <laughs> it's you know you get two of them and the starter boxes like you said are, are just great you know 145 bucks and you can just about do anything you want the waffen ss box has got two tanks in it okay mm-hmm. It's got a stug. I'm sorry, armored fighting vehicle. It's got a stug and it's got a tiger in there. And then I think we've brought back the build an army kind of version 2021, where it's you know pick this, pick that, get a free tank. So a lot of good stuff on the website right now. Then of course there's some really cool stuff coming down the pike. You know we've we've talked like you said that the plastic gag tiger and then the the uh, stuff for. The D-Day U.S. sector and uh, the stuff that's going to come out for that and some of the models there. And then we might move to a Sutherland location in the in the, uh, in the the European area. So that might be coming out towards the end of the year. More stuff coming out for Korea, my passion. Uh, and uh, uh, then we've got, we've talked about it too, you know, Combined Arms is going to come out here pretty soon. And so in the uh, new starter set for Blood Red Skies Midway. Uh, uh, combined Arms. I don't know, Andy. Are you familiar with Combined Arms? Uh, no, I, I'm actually not. Um, it's actually, first time I've heard <laughs> of it. Let's talk about Combined Arms. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk it. about Combined Arms. Um, back in December uh, 2019, I, uh, when I was over there for the last visit uh, before the curtain came down, uh, we were talking with Lesio and his crew, and there had been talk about doing this. And what Combined Arms is, and we've experimented with different things, but it takes bolt action it takes cruelties or victory at sea and it takes blood red skies and combines them combined arms into one game so then you can do a campaign with air land and sea and you can do it all together and fit it together and you can link your, your games together either real time or in a scenario tree and you can play the games and affects this fix that you know we i've done it several times where we do let's say guadalcanal for example 
and we'll have a table. We've done this at, uh, at several conventions. We'll take a table of bolt action. There'll be Marines and, and uh, Japanese on there. And then another table will have Blood Red Skies. And another table will have Cruel, uh, Cruel Seas. And Cruel Seas, the Japanese are coming up with some transports and going to try to land some reinforcements in the PT, uh, PT boats or to stop them. If the PT boats don't stop them, on the main bolt action table, the Japanese will get two squads of reinforcements anywhere on the table, you know, uh, from the Japanese side. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the uh, Blood Red Skies table, the Bettys are trying to come in there and bomb the, uh, the Marines. And if the Cactus Air Force from Henderson Field comes up with, you know, Foss and his boys and they can stop them, great. If they don't, the Americans get a, um, uh, a nasty surprise from the air and they get an aerial bombardment. And then we had a fourth table that, you know, we used the uh, 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 the preliminaries. Now it's called, you know, the Academy of Street Fighting. But we did a bolt action where a squad on squad, where the whole squad gets a each guy gets a dice. Right. And uh, you activate them man on man. And there's a Japanese village. And if the Marine Scouts get through or neutralize that Japanese village on the main bolt action table, a Marines will get two squads flanking wherever they want. So you can play all this at the same time. So now you got 16 guys playing the same game, all affecting the same outcome. Well, combined arms is kind of the same thing. It takes Blood Red Skies, Cruel Seas, Victory at Sea, whichever one naval game you like, and Bolt Action and puts together one game. Now, the beauty of this is, Andy, if you don't have time to play that massive, fun, cool game, or you don't have all the pieces, or you don't you know, have all that area to lay it all out in, yeah. there's another game inside this game. And it's kind of like a risk. Uh, Axis and Allies hybrid kind of squished together in a beautiful little pie that you'll have a map, a homogenous map, will have, you know, different land forms and stuff, and there'll be colored counters. Now, there's going to be a, a gray set that's on the board, and then let's say I have red and you have blue, and as you take over sectors of the industrial complex or the airfields or the uh, tanks, you'll swap out those gray colors with your color, blue or red. And there'll be generic forms like, you know, Spitfires for airplanes, the Tiger Tank for tanks, the American, you know, American Trooper for the infantry, you know, just some generic uh, pieces. But you can play that campaign game then in two to four hours and be done. And that's combined arms. You just made my day. <laughs> <laughs> and that should I, be out in the fall this year. If... if Again, if everything works right, we get the manufacturing back online. But that's scheduled to come out this year. That, oh wow, I uh, I've been talking with a couple of the buddies about doing campaigns, and yeah, this is like right up my alley. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that that is coming. <laughs> We've done it with Stalingrad. That yeah, that yeah, that I've is. I've done it with Stalingrad. You know. Yeah, Stalingrad is the the main event that I'm looking at. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's yeah so then, so Stalingrad, you know, you have the big big table. We, we've done this at a, at a game at a store. We did a Stalingrad bolt action table, and the Germans and the Russians are hammering it out. And then we had uh, uh, German boats, uh, E-boats stopping, you know, bone craters from trying to come shell with Katyushkas, you know, so we stopped that. And then you have br- Russian bombers coming in. You got, you know, the ME-109s trying to stop them. And in the game we were playing, the... Uh, the guy lost focus. The Luftwaffe player lost focus, and he tried to take out the fighters instead of the bombers. And the bombers snuck around and hid in the clouds and got off the board. 
So on the bolt action table, the guy's just hammering the Russians, and he's about ready to turn a flank. And then all of a sudden, I go, I walk over the table. I'm going, what's that noise? What's that noise? And he goes, what? What's that noise? Oh, here comes the airplanes. What? And I just randomly rolled. But again, you know how the dice gods are. It just so happens that the sector that the these Russian bombers hit was the sector that the Russians were crumbling, and the British and the Germans had this huge push coming in and wiped out two of his squads. He's like, "That's not fair." That's not. I said, did you talk to your Luftwaffe guy? I mean, he didn't stop the bombers. But why? You know, that was kind of cool. <laughs> so it was. It was just fun how to combine them together after he. After he realized how it all worked, he was like, "Well, that's really cool." But I mean, it was—you know—we're playing on two, three different tables, and it's a lot of fun. That—that that is amazing. That's Let's what I'm talking on. about. That's what I'm talking about, right there. Yeah, that's what would make for a great, great day of gaming for sure. Yep, that's another another game coming out this year. I'll be definitely picking that. Cross your fingers. <laughs> Well, um, you know, John, thank you so much for joining us on Trident Wargaming here. I am Anytime, super Andy. pleased, super pleased to have you here. I'm glad that we've talked and we've done the podcast and um, just amazing. Just amazing. Um, well, I love doing... you. These are great. You're a great host and I, and I, love, I love doing these thank things. And I, it's one of the perks of the game and the end of the, my job is I get to do these and uh, talk to people about bolt action, my passion. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, so any any of the listeners out there, if you haven't already checked it out, check out Warlord Games, Bolt Action, and all their other games. Uh, they've got tons of them, lots of historical games, and some sci-fi games as well. Um, but check them out. It's a great... yeah, there's about 35 different game systems now and about 12,000 different pieces, I think. There you go. There <laughs> no, 19,000. 19,000. Yeah. <laughs> a long so... way from one box of Romans. That's how the whole World War game started with one box of Romans. <laughs> That's, That's for another podcast. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah. Again, thank you very much. Always leaving wanting more. <laughs> Thanks, Andy, for having me. It's thank been a pleasure. You. Thank you. And to all you guys out there, you know, uh, check out the, the episodes. We'll have more to come. Uh, we're always doing more bolt action and whatnot. Check out Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. And uh, we'll catch you guys all next time. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. <laughs>